For more than 20 years, The Edge magazine has inspired expansion, invited connection with the divine, and educated on new ways to love and live. Now the soul of The Edge has found its voice. Tune in every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Time for Edge-featured hosts bringing you Edge Astrology with D.K. Brainerd, Edge Interviews with Catherine Taylor, and the Edge Monthly Highlights with Kathy Jacobson. Plus, listen throughout the week as noted experts from the Edge community bring you powerful insights and healing perspectives on developing your intuition, quantum healing techniques, the mind-body connection, and more. Get the complete monthly lineup and listen to archive shows all month long. Click on the Edge Talk Radio link at edgemagazine.net. And now, stay tuned for today's featured show. Welcome, everyone, to the Edge Wise Woman Wellness Talk Radio Show for April 2017. This is Therese Gettler, your host. I trust that you've come to the right place at the right time. It's always my intention that today's topic brings you value in some way, and if you're struggling through a life transition of your own in any way, I hold faith in the divine working through you and your highest good. If this is your first call, welcome. I encourage you to listen to any of the past recordings to support you wherever you are on your journey. And for first-time listeners, Edge Wise Woman Wellness is a service and resource for women in transition, facilitating expanded self-awareness, healing, community, connection, peace, and meaning. The Wise Woman Way is simply tuning in to your feminine nature of turning inward, tuning in to the wisdom of your body, mind, spirit, soul, and emotions for guidance on what is true for you. So for tonight, we're going to start as we always do, just as a short centering um, exercise to kind of bring ourselves to the present moment. And then my topic tonight, I'm very excited to be talking tonight about job transition. So the title of my talk is Three Keys to Landing Your Ideal Job. I will have an offer at the very end, a free offer, as well as an upcoming, some information about an upcoming group program that I have for people who are experiencing uh, job transition. So let's take a moment just to bring ourselves fully here. Letting go of your day, and if you're able to just even maybe close your eyes, your feet are flat on the floor, And just bringing your awareness, if you're wanting to close your eyes, it may help to do so, just to bring your awareness into the present moment. Bring your awareness into your interior, feeling your body, and just feeling where you are right now. Just noticing any tension, bringing awareness to your breath, And as you breathe into any of those areas on the inhale that you find a bit tight or tense, and then on the exhale, you can just let it all go. Soft and gentle. Just tuning up your observer, bringing in the awareness of what's here. Noticing landscape of your mind. And allowing it to be just as it is, just coming as an observer, noticing it, again, on the inhaling, breathing in, and then letting go of anything that you don't need for this particular time together. Noticing any emotions that are that you that are within your being right now. So just really noticing your body, your mind, your emotional state. Coming with a willingness just to be here and to be intimate. 
And now let's imagine that once again, we're sitting around a campfire together, regardless of when you listen to this recording, know that you sit in sacred communion with other beautiful, wise women. It is a sacred circle where all voices are heard and honored, where all are accepted without needing to change anything within ourselves or each other. This is a circle of inclusion, compassion, and wisdom. Once again in this show, we'll be, I will be doing the talking, but as I will connect with you in spirit, I hear you and see you and trust that I'm guided in the moment to speak in a way that serves you and your highest good. Thank you for being here and for being you. It doesn't matter where you are or where you've been. You are a beautiful, magnificent, courageous, and unique expression of divine love. I'm taking a deep breath as we come here to the call. All right. So as I mentioned, today's topic I'm excited to present is on job transition. So many of you know my background, um, and maybe some of you don't, but um, again, my background is really I've been a nurse for 26 years. I'm a certified health and wellness counselor, which is really that was something I did about 20 years ago, actually studying the holistic model of health. And I'm a certified life and executive coach. I've had training in mind-body medicine. And so I have a practice um, in um, supporting people through life transitions, extraordinary life coaching, as well as wise woman wellness coaching. So today, the reason why I tell you my background is because it really is the, the transitions that I really support people in are the things that I really can relate to. And one of them is job transition. So as I mentioned, I was, I've been a nurse for 26 years. And so when it comes to job loss, I can relate. So what we're going to talk about today is within this particular uh, conversation around job loss is we're going to talk about different aspects of this experience. So I'll share a little bit about my own experience kind of woven in throughout the talk. And I also will talk about the many different factors that can affect your experience with losing your job. Uh, Important distinctions to consider with job loss. I want to talk also a little bit about the biggest challenges of of being out of work and and, um, losing your job. Um, how you're relating or how we relate to the challenges um, during this time. And then um, I'll go right in then to the three steps to landing your ideal job. And like I mentioned earlier that I'll offer, um, I have a free offer for you at the very end along with um, a little bit about a program that I offer as well for people in job transition. So as I mentioned, I wanna also Say again, I can relate. Over the course of 18 years in my nursing career, now I mentioned I've been a nurse for 26, but over the span of 18 of the years, I was laid off six times. Yes, six times. And it's, it's a number. It's, uh, I want to just say that um, all layoffs were handled differently and that um, I want to share that within this conversation today about how all of those different, um, just to the aspect of how the different experiences or how things are handled differently can really affect your experience, okay? So a lot of different things come into play there. So again, I can relate, and I know, as we know, with any transition that we're going through, really, we really don't know, we really, really don't know what it's like until we really walk in those shoes for ourselves. And it really can be different for different people. So before we go into um, what I'd like to start with also today is let's look at a couple important distinctions that I think are important because there is such a, uh, there's so many emotions that come up during uh, job transition or job loss. So the first thing I wanna just really say is that it it wasn't your fault, okay? So, So it's not personal. 
you know, you're not, you're, you're really, job, um, people are laid off from, from jobs because of a financial decision. And so it's not personal, although I know um, clearly how it can feel that way sometimes. And I also want to acknowledge that you're meant to be somewhere else. So while it may not feel that way either, depending on what stage of your process that you're in, I really do hold, um, so I do really do have faith, and the sense is that that things come and they go in their right time. And so I want to just give space and really encourage you to give space to wherever you are in your process. And that even though, as I say these things, you can't see that, you can't see it or you can't feel it, I still really encourage you to breathe space into whatever it is that you're experiencing in the moment. But I do trust, and this is where we get to move through an experience where we don't always know the meaning of that transition or that change for us until uh, we've been through it. We've kind of passed through it and we can look back in hindsight and then and then we can gain more clarity. So I also want to make a distinction between change and transition. So change, we know, is a one-time occurrence, right? So we may buy a house, we change jobs, we get married, you know, we have a child. Those are all really big transitions, but they're changes, right? They're, um, but a change is really considered like a one-time occurrence. Um, a transition really is the ongoing process of integrating the big, these changes, big and small, into your mind or into our mind, our, our emotions, and our life. In the transition phase or that, that transition of integration obviously has so many variables to it in terms of how long it is and what that journey is for people. It's very individualized. Also, change by choice, rather, is different than things happening out of, our, out of our, our choice or sense of control. So as you can imagine that, if you were to lose, um, like even losing a job, if you know, being laid off is a different experience than resigning because you've, you've found a new job. So um, there's, there's a really big difference, or even in, this, in the case of... Um, other kinds of changes as well as we know that if things come as a surprise or there's something that other people have decided for us and we're affected, that, that change can really be, can have a, a, much different, uh, a much different experience to it. So we can really struggle to find our way when things happen to us unexpectedly. And it's typically our emotional responses to the experience and the transition process that can cause us sometimes to feel stuck. Okay, so I wanted just to, um, to acknowledge some of those really important distinctions about transition, especially job transition in this case. So let's now talk a little bit about many fact the many factors that can affect your experience. It can feel like a really big mess, I know, and so as you're going through this process, and, and it takes a while at times, again, depending on the variables that are in your experience, to really kind of untangle those. So let's just step back a moment and just reflect on the biggest challenges of being out of work. Really, I think naming and really recognizing all these different changes that happen from this one really kind of help people, what I find, really help people bring to some, bring to some perspective to it. And you can bring bringing some empathy to yourself and compassion for yourself. So I've done actually just recently this talk in front of a group of people, in front of a group, a transition group rather, and I usually will actually open this conversation to the group and um, the things that, you know, just to see from, for them, from them what are the things that, that are the biggest challenges. So these are some of the things that, that people say. So it's a loss of livelihood, okay? It's a loss of sense of purpose. So many, many losses all wrapped within this one, um, you know, this one, this one uh, job, this one thing of losing a job. <laughs> loss of structure, 
And oftentimes, loss of structure comes loss of focus. There's a sense of uncertainty. There's not knowing where to begin. So there's that, there's that lack of focus or not knowing kind of how to spend your time. It may mean a sense that there could be a sense of, a, really a sense of isolation. People don't know how to talk about it, so they often don't ask or don't say anything, which can just add to this sense of isolation. You have your loss of relationships from your community that you had with your colleagues, okay, at work. Challenging emotions. So with the sense of being overwhelmed or confusion is a big one. There's a sense of uncertainty that causes these different emotions. There's resistance to take action. Um, and then resulting in loss of self-esteem and confidence. And this is a really a tough one. In a time when we feel like we really need to be at our best, as you want to go out and, and present yourself for new job opportunities, this can be a challenge, right? When these different, when the different, your different experience, or rather your experience, can be affecting um, your actual self-esteem and confidence, and it usually is again the emotional experience that your that uh, the emotions that are generated from the experience and how we're really relating to it that can result in this loss of self-esteem and confidence. It can be so overwhelming that we're just not feeling like ourselves. Okay. And then the other big challenge um, is managing our time and energy. And which one do you think is, is more important? <laughs> Actually, we I know in a culture where we really like to, to think that managing, if, if something's not going our way or going well, we think we can just maybe manage our time better. Well, managing time is important. What's even more important, and we're going to talk about this throughout, the, throughout this call, or this, uh, this time tonight is really about managing our energy. And that really has to do with our emotional space. And this is where in my experience, both within myself and also working with others, um, I worked, actually volunteered for a job transitions, transition group um, a couple, well, actually about a year and a half ago or so. And this was hands down the biggest challenge that I saw with people week in and week out was managing the en your energy, and it's related to the different and various challenging emotions that come up during this time. Okay. Now, I was from my own experience. I remember, um, you know, even when the to the to the fact of of uh, I was mentioned earlier about how people don't know really what to say, and I know I experienced the same thing too. The last time I was laid off, <clears throat> it's been almost a couple years ago now, and. I told my mom, and I have several siblings, and I had also talked to um, one of my, to my sister actually, and and I know she told people, but nobody ever really reached out, and even though I knew they knew I was laid off, and I I found it really interesting. Now I know how much they care about me, and I know other people who have expressed the same thing, so I know my family's not unique, uh, but I really do believe this, and I've experienced it within myself too that when we're a little bit um, we know that they're going through a hard time, and sometimes we just we just don't know what to say. So then, oftentimes we don't say enough, or we don't—I shouldn't say not enough—we don't say anything, which really can feel, um, like I say, add to the isolation. I remember actually feeling on the days that I was confused about not knowing what I was going to do next, and I really wanted to take that opportunity to kind of build my practice, my coaching practice. I really remember thinking that either days I just didn't even want to talk about it, so I kind of hoped they wouldn't ask me. I'm wondering if that's the same for you. Those days when I just didn't feel like my true self, you know, because I was struggling with not quite having that clarity. And uh, so there's a sense of vulnerability on both parts. So both on the people around you, friends and family, who maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable and they don't want to maybe have you feel uncomfortable. But I think the thing that really helps the most, and maybe you can relate to this if you know someone out of work or if you're experiencing it yourself, but really is just to say, you know, I understand that you're out of work and I'm really sorry, right? And really asking if there's anything at all that you can do or letting them know that you're there if ever they want to just have a conversation and, and a sounding board, you know, to talk about whether, you know, whatever is next for them. Whatever, just whatever feels authentic to you. But that really, really means, means a lot. And then so thinking 
talking about the costs of being out of work. And when I say costs, I don't mean just financial, although that is one of them. We know that financially it's the, one of the first things I think that people tend to get really fearful about, and understandably so. We know that this, you know, the finances, the, the actual source of our financial well-being and sense of security has been removed. Now we don't, you know, depending on how much of a severance package you get, and that also often has to is determined by how long you've been with the company, and even the size of the company. The size of the company, obviously, larger companies can afford to give more. And then also whether or not unemployment is available. Usually that is, but some smaller companies don't even offer that. So it really does vary. Now, of course, when the the more that your finances are in jeopardy depending on your financial situation and the amount that you can maybe have in terms of a of the during the transition time really can greatly affect the your sense of well-being and security during this time um the cost emotionally okay and and then even spiritually and physically so when there's extra stress it can affect our body vice versa we know that we are a whole person and we have different aspects within ourselves so when things happen when things happen and they affect us in some way, they affect us in all ways. So if it's if we have if we have mental stress, emotional stress, we know that it's gonna impact our body as well and vice versa. Um if we're not maybe we're not sleeping because we have the emotional stress and mental stress of worrying about what's coming. Obviously that's gonna take a toll on our on our bodies. And really, people can have a bit of a spiritual crisis at times. Like, you know, spirituality is where we get that sense of meaning and purpose and our belief in a higher power. Now, I, I know some people who really can rely strongly on their faith, who have a strong faith, really can do better in the sense of it. Because really, when we can believe in a higher power and also believe that there is a sense of meaning and purpose to whatever happens through us, and really just it's a way of listening to what's here, um, what's coming and what's coming to be changed and, and how we can allow this, um, the listening uh, to what is coming next by taking that approach. And this is something that I learned many years ago, even, you know, through my divorce, you know, over, you know, 30 years ago, I guess. Well, actually it is 30 years ago that I really learned this way of being through my life that has informed me since in this in 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 all my transitions um, but I will say even given that when there were other elements of like not having the clarity about where I was you know maybe what I was going to do or then also maybe how I wanted how if I knew how to do that for example in starting my business you know I didn't have a lot of experience with marketing and starting a small business so whenever there's that sense of uncertainty or on clarity, then it can just really challenge us, uh, challenge us in new ways. And it takes, you know, moving, the more that we have to be out of our comfort zone, the more challenging it can be. So how are you relating to your challenges? So obviously how we relate to our emotions matter. So what, we, what keeps us stuck often is not really the emotion, the emotion itself, but how are we relating to it? So anytime that um, emotions are really intended to arise and then pass through us, right? So I really want to also offer this um, compassionate way of allowing the emotions, to, recognizing the emotion and meeting it is and really embracing it. And then, you know, even look at the word emotion. It's meant to to really be recognized and allowed to be expressed in appropriate ways, um, and then to pass through us. And so how we relate to our emotions that come up really is greatly influenced by our conditioning, which is the way that we were, the way that we learned, uh, the way that we learned essentially how to be in the world through the people, the authority figures in our lives when we were children. So there's no right or wrong way. It's just a matter of that does have an impact. Okay. So um, I think what I wanted to offer today is um, that there's a really, I have found, you know, I may have mentioned this in the past in other, in other shows, but that 
over time, um, I have mentioned how the ego part of us is really gotten a bad rap. So I want to, I recently came across um, a book on my shelf <laughs> that I have a lot of spirituality um, and and uh, personal growth books that I have. And, you know, I always can go to my bookshelf and the one that I need that day or whatever is just always kind of calling out my name. But Alan Seal is a beautiful author, S-E-A-L-E, and he's written many books, Intuitive Living. He's written a book on soul vision and mission, I believe, and then uh, a couple others or many others. Anyway, he came across, I came across one uh, a while back of a description that really seemed to um, really bring a sense of a different sense of clarity to the sense of soul versus ego and spirit. So many, I read a lot of spirituality books, I don't know about you, but everyone can kind of use these terms in different ways, especially soul, spirit, and of course there's um, source, universe, and I know that really to me spirit is synonymous with source, universe, God, whatever that higher power is that you have. But I always got kind of a little tripped up about the different ways people use soul. And so the way that Ellen described it was so beautiful to me is really how um, if we think of spirit as the, your sense, the sense of um, the higher power, whether whatever name that you have for that, whether that's God, whether that's um, Buddha or spirit or source, the universe, okay? And we each be, then we, each individual has a soul and we have an ego, now, again, like I mentioned, the ego has gotten a bad rap. We often read a lot or even hear that, you know, the sense of that we, the ego, the ego's getting in your way and, um, and there's a sense of, don't, of just kind of pushing it away or, you know, canceling out negative thoughts and only, saying posit- you know, only thinking positive thoughts. But this is the thing. I've been practicing mindfulness for quite some time, and I know I've mentioned this before as well, that thoughts arise emotions arise, sensations arise, and we get to, what we do have choice over is how we respond to them. And so I, but I think there's been this sense, and I know I have felt this in the past, almost as if I had a negative thought that I was then judging myself. If I was maybe judging, or if I had a negative thought, I would be judging for myself for that. And it just, then it just becomes a spiral of negativity. But what I recognized over time is that really what's coming up is just coming up to be listened to, as if it was a frightened child. And if we look at the ego part of us, is the part of us that lives in the physical world. So we all have a need, an ego, right? It's the part of us that lives on the earth, that does the work. It, it includes our personality, all of our skills, our experience. It's got the cumulative memories, conscious and unconscious, of our life. It's pretty big. So if you think about that, you know, even we know that even before a certain age, you know, we think about the unconscious or subconscious mind. It was that part of our lives when we weren't we don't have conscious awareness of it. However, it's constantly trying to come into awareness by those thoughts that arise or the ways that we thoughts can come up and we, we become more of the observer of those rather than seeing is it just the way that it is. So if we just sit back and this is where mindfulness practice is so powerful just to observe it and again then relate to it, oh, hello, and then listen to what it wants. And so... So that's the ego part of us. And the primary job of the ego is to keep us safe. So we can be grateful for it. We can be grateful that it's really trying to keep us safe and that it's trying to keep us safe the way that it learned best throughout our lifetime. Okay? The soul is our spiritual aspect of ourselves. And so when we're connecting with our soul are those times when we're feeling at our best, our true self, when we are, have access to our intuitive knowing. So what it is, our soul really is our personal experience when we're connecting with the oneness or spirit or the universe, that sense of oneness. So how can we, there's a beautiful solution as I said, I should lose solution, but it really is a really great, um, I guess it is a solution. 
So how you can really um, bring more sense of peace and harmony and equanimity to your life is becoming more compassionate to yourself for what's arising. And how can we, when we really feel we're at our best, is when we can partner, the ego and and the soul of us can partner together. And how is that done? Simply by loving and embracing what's coming up in the ego part of us. So anytime we have a fear, we know that that's the ego part of us. It's a physical part of us. It's afraid. Maybe it means, maybe it's because um, we're afraid to go out of our comfort zone, something that we, we feel like we need to do. And when we're on job transition, hello, we really can be tested to go out of our comfort zone a lot. So that's where people feel a lot of resistance. It's a natural, resistance is a natural feeling uh, whenever our comfort zone is being stretched. And so the tendency is to want to, again, remember the ego wants to stay safe. So, but if we were able to then relate to this frightened, frightened part of us, this fearful part of us, almost as if we were to dialogue, as if it was a five-year-old frightened child, how would you relate to it then if that's the way that you were thinking about maybe your own child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew? And so by partnering, this is how we can partner with the ego, by just saying, hello, you know, I hear you. I hear you. Um, hello, my suffering, or hello, my child. Um, I hear that you're afraid, and, and, and what, what do you need from me? You can even ask questions and then just listen to see what arises next. And it's a really, really interesting process of then oftentimes that little inner child will begin to speak up and tell you exactly what it needs from you to feel safe. So when we can actually have the ego part of us feel safe, saying, you know what, I'm here for you. I hear that you're scared. I don't blame you. Um, Of course you are. This isn't something you've done before. Um, You know, I'm here here for you uh, as we walk through this together. And what I noticed through my own practice with this is that when I, list, when I notice and listen and then respond in this loving way, that fearful voice quiets and I get insight into what it is the next step for me. So it's just a beautiful, beautiful process of just this, this is the way. Now then, when we can have both access, we talk about being our true selves, it is when we're really connected to the truth of who we are, where we're connected to spirit, right? Well, we connect to spirit through our soul. So, so then, so the, and, the, and the soul wants us to partner with ego as well. The soul is living, it's the non-physical part of us. It's that sense of love, pure love. And so when we can combine that together, we know then we're at our best self. We have access to our intuition, which is the, the spiritual realm, the sense of unknown. Those, those, we get those ideas that pop into our mind. Those, the, crea- the creativity is also accessed during this time when we're relaxed. That's the other key is that when the ego feels safe, we're, we're feeling relaxed, and that's when we can be most creative. So the partnering of this is really super important in any time of life, but even, um, even you'll find it more crucially important to be conscious about it because during transitions we're being challenged and the ego really can, um, can really be putting up uh, a fuss because there's so many changes that it's afraid of. I also want to acknowledge, too, I'm spending a little extra time here because I think this is so, so crucial. This may sound really simple, but it's not easy, and I want to acknowledge that sometimes, that oftentimes, the way that we relate to this inner part of us, that part of us that might be afraid or be negative or whatever that is, or even certain emotions, the way we relate is often the way that, is usually the way that our authority figures in our life related to us. Okay, so we tend to integrate the voice of those authority figures, often our parents, the way they were when we were children, not to point fingers, but just as a way of becoming aware of why it is the way it is. So you can, again, be gentle with yourself. And, again, that's where the unconscious just took on um, in the developmental stages we were at that age, where we just took on the voice of the people around us as if this is just the way it is. And as a child, we often then take on those things as if there's something wrong with us. We kind of pretend to personalize it because it would be too scary for us 
to actually make our parent or other people taking care of us is the people at fault because they're our way of survival. Okay? So really partnering with your inner child, this inner aspect of you is crucial for you to be engaging and connecting with your true self. So now, gosh, we're halfway through, or even a little more, and I know we're just now landing into the three key steps to your ideal job. But this part that I talked about is really crucial in order for this to make the most sense. So this is a systematic process and key practices that allow you to harness and focus your energy during job transition or really any transition. So what I also came to, as I mentioned, with my experience in working in this job transitions group for many, many months and seeing people week in and week out and really seeing the, the primary challenges. And what I noticed was it's so difficult in job transition to, to pause. So number key step one is to pause. It's a giving yourself permission. This can be one of the hardest things to do when you lose a job. We think that we just need to be in the world, hit the ground running, right, and then we're off and running, and we're often emotionally not in the best place, you know, showing up in our best self because, you know, well, maybe we are. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're not, but sometimes but it, sometimes it really, again, depending on your experience, really there's a lot of value in pausing with any kind of a loss. There's a lot of grief that can be there to process. So the, really the pausing is check in. Give yourself the, the time, whether that's a week or maybe it's several weeks, if you have had a job, let's say, for 20, 30 years and you loved your job and, it's, and then you lose it, that's a lot different than maybe if you had a job for six months or if you didn't really care for it, right? So really just assessing what your experience is with this job change. So this is a process of reflecting, assessing, pausing. So as I mentioned, we like to just kind of get right into the doing, in the, in the doing, which is what, what's most acknowledged in our culture, and we're not always so comfortable with the being aspect of our of, of being human. Okay. Now, um, let me see here. Like I mentioned, things that things that need more time. I kind of alluded to if the job loss was sudden, if it wasn't handled well, if you're if you're not sure what you want to be doing, all of those create additional emotional processing additional um, emotional challenges. They can be, not always, they can. So allowing yourself to feel and just taking this time that you need, I will just say that when you can do this and take this, 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 this time to more reflect on what's next for you and just uh, allow yourself to feel that you're, I, I, will, I really will uh, believe that it just will really uh, inspire the whole process in a whole different way, okay? So um, let me see here. I love um, Thich Nhat Hanh. He's a beautiful, he's a Buddhist monk that has written so many beautiful books on mindfulness. And in one of his quotes, says, the secret to happiness is to acknowledge and transform suffering, not to run away from it. And there's another quote, you know, no mud, no lotus. So the whole, I love this analogy of that, that the lotus flower actually grows out of the mud. And so what Thich Nhat Hanh is saying is, is that, that it is through the difficult times that we are able to find new light and new growth and new opportunities. And oftentimes things that can happen, you know, can turn out better than we ever anticipated. Now, so then let's look a little bit about who we're being. So when I talk about the pause, again, as our, as our culture, we live in a culture that favors doing in the physical world, it can be, make it difficult to take this time. And so um, I mentioned earlier, too, we, we only have control over how we respond to what is. So it's not, but it's not just what we do, but what's more important is how, it's really why and how we do the things that matter. So it's ultimately the energy, the results that we have in our relationships and our work and our life, ultimately I have more to do with who we're being as we're doing in the world that creates our reality. So when we start off with this process of reconnecting to ourself with the spirit within, whatever that word is for you, spirit, source, God within, it calms, as I mentioned earlier, the ego-based sense of urgency to move, move, move. 
because ultimately our greatest sense of, and really experience of power, our, our true power is, this, is the strength we have within when we're connected to, our, to spirit through our soul, okay? Um, all right, so this is this gets to the point I made earlier where managing our energy versus managing our time. So managing our energy really is more important. And I would say this is why I love to support my clients in managing the energy. This reflection time allows us to be really together, to give ourselves permission to reflect on you know who you are, what you want, uh, and what do you most value, given all that you've been through, you know, we're constantly changing and evolving. And it really, this builds confidence because it really, you can really assess now here, uh, whatever stage of life you're in, now what's most important, given what you've been through. So what matters most to you? I love this question. And this is the why we do anything. So this is part of the, that pause period of assessing. It's really gaining clarity about who do you have to be in order to show up the way you want in this time of transition, your next job, your relationships, and your community. So any, I always, through, um, through my work, see really that the transition is really this opportunity to reflect on how, what really matters most to us so that we can become even more aware and more intentional in our lives. And um, living, the more we are aligned, living our life and making those choices to what we most value and what matters most, we are most happy and at peace. The mind-body self-care practices that impact your health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, they allow you to harness your energy so that you can feel grounded and centered and this is when we connect with our best self. So when I talk about the three key keys to, finding, to, to landing your ideal job, in order to find and land your ideal job, you need to be your best self, your ideal self. So it's connecting through there. So the core aspect of a lot of my work with people is the self-care practices. And I know I've shared this before, but it was that was my um, epiphany, you know, 30 years ago, going through a, diff- a difficult divorce. When I saw the power of self-care during a stressful time, I think I, I feel it was a gift for me to see how it made such a difference. And because then I had this during the stressful time, I could see how I felt, you know, when I didn't do it, and how I felt if I didn't. And when I did it, when I exercised, in that case for me, the first portal was exercise. I felt like I could be the best, my best self in my work or my school, and of course, as a mother. And so that was really important to me. I wanted to be the best mom, and I really loved who I was when I was connected to my true self. And the self-care, exercise, healthy nutrition, I want to go over now what I call as the five primary pillars of health. This could be a talk. Um, in itself, and I, actually I do have this in the archives, actually one of my shows, I go a little more in depth on this, but the five primary pillars are this. These are the, the aspects that I would say to really keep you grounded and centered is, you know, we have the sense of emotional, excuse me, physical health. So sleep, nutrition. So sleep is just king. king sleep is just so, so important. We are really a sleep-deprived culture and it's costing us in so, so many ways. And we oftentimes just have this, I, I see this all the time. I saw it in myself years ago and I see this with people that I work with that we're, it's almost like an acceptance of this is just how, you know, we do things. So sleep, get yourself, and this is one nice thing about being laid off is that you do have a little bit more time on your hands to be able to have your own schedule. Sleep and let your body sleep what you need or get what you need. Nutrition, the more whole foods, the better. Exercise, like I, I, you know how I love exercise. It really connects you with your source. It lets go of stress. It, it's great for the body in so many different ways, for the brain. I always know that if I'm stuck on something emotionally or I'm trying to figure, if I'm trying, if I'm, if I'm trying to create something and I just know that I'm just going to go for a walk or a run or something and then I will Oftentimes in the middle of that, I will get my creative idea. So it's a really, really great practice to reconnect to your true self. And then I also recommend some kind of contemplative or reflective practice that could be meditation, 
um, prayer, which is really that sense of listening and talking with your higher power, whatever it is that assists you in accessing your still point within. It could be any kind of quiet time, okay? So it could just be walking in nature. Whatever you know that when you feel like you can just get to your still point, that's where you can access your inner knowing. And then the other is number five, so is connection with loved ones. We are social beings and creatures, and it's so, so vitally important at any time in our life, and even more so when we're feeling the sense of isolation, is to stay connected to our loved ones. Okay. So the gift of transitions. What are the lessons, the lessons and the blessings in our transition, our new year experience? So it is really my belief that these different experiences that we go through in our life really continue to kind of chip away, allow us these opportunities to chip away all that we aren't so that we can become more and more of who we are in our true essence or our true self. Big life, life, big life transitions can be a bit of a wake-up call. Right? So what, what wake-up calls are simply that we come into a new level of awareness based on what we've been through and what we're now seeing. And I also believe that to the, to the degree that we listen to those inner nudges determines really how big that wake-up call can be. Now, again, this isn't to, this isn't to um, if you're going through a big wake-up call, so to speak, a big, big change, don't, it's not to be hard on yourselves, but you can acknowledge the little ways and maybe even the subtle or even the louder ways that, that your, maybe your body, your mind, your spirit was trying to get your attention and you just weren't paying attention. Um, I've even heard that even with for people in the job transition. Now, for example, if someone, I had a, a person who was feeling a bit of a bit of uh, guilt because they had been unhappy in the job for that they lost they end up laying, being laid off from for many years and so there was a bit some guilt there for not taking action on their own sooner now we know that the layoff just happened right but uh, but the, so the guilt came from not taking action on their own sooner and uh, it can affect you know the longer that we hold off on some of these things that are trying to get our attention it can just put us in a little bit more of a vulnerable place. It doesn't mean we can't get through it, but so just acknowledging that there may be a little additional vulnerability that you may be feeling. Okay. So the question within the pause is really about what is calling you now, so really just allowing yourself to assess, reflect, and listen. Number two, it's all about preparation. I will say that number one is the longest, so number two is preparation. This is where you access um, really take advantage of all the different classes available to you. Oftentimes, you know, most people do get some kind of unemployment through the workforce, that's through, the, through their county workforce center. So a lot of great classes there. Um, updating your resume, taking a LinkedIn class, um, you know, honing up on your interviewing skills. And uh, this is where we really prepare to, to really, you know, tell people what it is that we're wanting. Now, the first part of it, I said, the, the, prepare, the pause is really about getting clear, first of all, well, what is the next step? So the number two step of preparing is then really taking that clarity a little further so now you can bring that message of who you are, what you want, and what your offer is in the world into your LinkedIn page, into your resume, into the way that you're having these conversations with people. I also highly, highly recommend purchasing Marsha Ballinger's book, 20-Minute Networking Meeting. It is the best book on networking that I've found, and it just really makes, um, I will say hands down, the majority of people, nine times out of ten, do not like networking. And yet we know that networking is how people find their most jobs. I know that most of my positions came from networking, from people knowing me from past positions, so there's just, um, it's so valuable to be getting out and meeting. Now the prepare part is just first getting all of the aspects of, of how you're going to be presenting yourself. You want to get all of that together. I like how this is where I think the confusion can come in job transition where we're, we're kind of trying to do all of it. You know, we're, we're kind of jumping around doing different things. And where I like that, I, this is where I got this idea where people, I saw people struggling with how to spend their time, if you can just um, uh, if you can just break this up into the, these different, you can continue to do your pause, of course, your self care, but then, but really clearly giving yourself permission to okay, now I'm going to really do my preparation and make sure that I'm really prepared so that when I do meet people, 
I'm looking like I'm really able to present my best self. All right. This is also about um, you know starting to make a list of all the people that you know that you want to that you want to know you're out of work. It can be anything from from family and friends and past coworkers, people who really understand you and your work and your work ethic and who would refer you in a heartbeat. These are the people that you want to be listing down on your list. And I recommend creating some kind of a spreadsheet with with a contact name, the date, follow-up information, and um, having ready, you know, thank you notes ready to go, making a list of the target companies that you feel you really want to work for and that you would love to be a part of that are really a, a, in alignment with your own vision about your work, okay? And then there's, of course, the Workforce Center, like I mentioned, where a lot of these courses are being, people can take. If, um, I also highly recommend the Dislocated Workers Program. It's called Hired. And this is where they have counselors available. Each county has their own version of the program. And they have funds available for anyone who feels that they that certain classes will support them. Well, actually, they usually approve classes that they think are going to support people in getting employed sooner. So, if you find that you need some additional training, maybe you've been out of the job search. You know, you've been you've been out of the job search for a long time. If things have changed, so um, it could be taking. A, they could pay for a link, maybe a bigger LinkedIn class, or maybe some computer classes. Um, I know a lot of people have taken classes, some of the business classes at St. Thomas. They really, they really are good about approving those, like project management. There's a lot of need for those these days. So, so just really uh, tap into those resources that are available fully. And then making yourself, uh, you know, this is all about pre- preparation, like I meant getting organized. Let's see what else here. Number three, step three is present. This is the, this is the part where you just become visible. So now you've done, you've gotten your LinkedIn page ready to go, your resume is all ready to go, and you've got your interview clothes ready to go. I want, again, their interview clothes should be nothing flashy, professional. You know, you want to make sure that you've got, you know, that your hygiene. And I know this is simple, but I will tell you, I've done a lot of interviews in my life. I've spent many years in leadership behind the desk. And again, how people present themselves is important. People aren't always going to tell you this, but it is. So making sure that you're just um, dressing professionally, um, you know, I would, um, for women, minimize any makeup, you know, just really uh, professional tones, nothing flashy, and just be tasteful. And, you know, both men and women, you know, make sure that you get a haircut, just some of the basics, but really it does matter. So this is all about how you're going to present yourself. When you go to networking groups, you know, be prepared, dress up, dress as if you never know when you're going to meet your next boss. You're never going to know that person who would be, may or may not, depending on how you present yourself, be willing to um, to refer you to someone, okay? So because anytime someone wants, you want someone to refer you to someone else, they're basically putting their reputation on the line. So you really have to show up in a way that it gives them confidence to be able to do that. And then continue with your self-care practices because, again, that is exactly what keeps you grounded, centered, and focused. Get out from behind the computer. Okay, give yourself a limit every day about what kind of work this that you want to be doing. But jobs are not found behind the computer. They're found out meeting people. Trust that all you need will be provided to you as you engage. Engaging is also where you're going to learn. Okay? Now, we covered a lot today. I know we did. So um, I want to cover a couple things. Let's see here. Okay. So what I want to offer is anyone who is interested in this presentation where I've listed all these steps, um, please you can go ahead and send me an email at therese at coachtherese.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-E at coach, C-O-A-C-H, therese.com. Um, go ahead and send me the request. Just say, uh, you know, job transition uh, presentation or, you know, uh, that you heard me on, tell me how you heard about me on the Edge uh, radio show. That would be great. All right. I also mentioned that I would talk a little bit about a program. I do offer a job transitions program. If you're interested in this, also please put this in the email and I can give you a flyer on it. But basically, how do you know if this is for you? If you're recently out of work and you want to maximize your time and efforts, 
If you're feeling overwhelmed, stuck, or confused, you want more clarity, focus, direction. You miss community, connection, structure, and accountability. You want to have fun. If you're looking for a job that's going to pay you what you're worth, and I'd say more than $50,000 a year. You want to feel empowered throughout the process. You want to explore the deeper gifts of this transition. And you really want to improve your leadership, your personal leadership skills, then this is the ideal, uh, would be an ideal program for you. I have an option for both a group and also for the one-on-one. Um, I also have some testimonials from the class, I, a core, actually a program that I, that I did um, last. And these people, basically, one woman has said, what I found most beneficial in this program was that it helped me gain clarity and momentum in my search, my job search. Um, uh, Meeting each week with the group helped me to stay focused and to more easily identify the most critical activities for me to accomplish. And the people in the group had similar life situations and were able to share their perspective. Through my work in this program, I was able to clarify my, my desire to start my own business, and I am now a full-time student in, the, in an entrepreneur certificate program in order to achieve that goal. And another person um, acknowledged that it helped me focus on reality on one task at a time. I was able to dig into issues I was struggling with that I was avoiding on my own. We helped each other, which allowed me to focus on my own issues and share successes, thereby giving me renewed hope, focus, and direction. And then acknowledging that what I didn't expect is that I lost 16 pounds in two months by starting and sticking to a regular exercise practice thanks to Teresa's building blocks to optimal health that we addressed at the onset of the program. I now look forward to this practice to keep me focused and centered. And that was from someone who is now back at work doing um, what he wanted to do. And I have more. So if you ask for the presentation, you'll see the, pres- you'll see the testimonials. And... Um, so anyone who contacts me about this, uh, I will go over the fees. I'll send you a little bit of the flyer involved too. The next the next uh, session could be starting in the mid-May. So if you know someone or you yourself are, are, uh, are out of work, let's talk. And then again, how to reach me. Again, Therese at CoachTherese.com. You can also look at my website, CoachTherese.com. And you'll see there, too, also the, um, that's another way for you to learn about the program. So if you click on um, my website, let's take a look at there for a moment here. If you look on my website and then scroll down to where it says um, Empower Job Transition Group Program and the upcoming program info, click on that link and you'll see all of the details there as long as it, as well as the testimonials. All right, so there's that. And then let's see here. We're, we're nearing the end for today. I want to make sure if I for, just make sure I didn't forget anything. So listen, I want to just also just finish by saying that I trust that it, for you or for anyone that any loved one that you know that's going through this job transition, just really have faith that something better and something meaningful is is on your way and that the most important thing that I encourage you to do is to connect to the to the truth of who you are by by really taking your time for your self-care and that really is the the hallmark of the program that we go together when I work with people one-on-one uh, oh I should have mentioned that kind of what's involved actually if you want the flyer I will send that to you and that kind of includes all of the, the things that are involved in the program, but you will get an initial 90-minute session, coaching foundation session with me, which is where we gain clarity, where you gain clarity on who you are, what you value, and how you thrive. And then we follow by with we follow several weeks, uh, six weeks of the of, of the in-person, uh, excuse me, the 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 meeting together with the group. So you really have um, that as well as um, each each week we also have everyone every person gets individual coaching with me within the group, which is powerful too. So yeah, but let me know if you have any questions about this. Once again, um, my beloved audience, I just really appreciate you and just know um, that I that I wish you well until next month. Take care. Bye bye now.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.